This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. And you're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam, streaming at DCAUreview.com and on your favorite podcast app. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Get charged up for action that'll shock your system. Tell me that's not cool. An unstoppable superhero and his crew embark on impossible missions and will bring mutated villains to justice. When static's in the house, bad guys better step off. Pull the plug on crime with the adventures of Static Shock. Yeah! Welcome, everybody, to episode 238 of the DCAU Review, and I am one of your hosts, Cal, and with me, my good friend, good brother, the man that runs our Twitter account. That's right. It's Liam. And Liam, I think we've unofficially started a December tradition here because I looked a year ago and uh, we had also come out of a, uh, an awesome Black Friday bonus episode, a, uh, a pretty memorable review, uh, and then uh, found ourselves into the, in the sunny skies of Dakota. Uh, a year ago this week. So uh, we are once again reviewing Static Shock. As we mentioned last week, if you did not tune in to our DCAU character spotlight episode on Metallo, uh, definitely check that one out. That was a certainly a, a fun trip down uh, memory lane talking about mm-hmm. all Metallo's various appearances. But uh, Liam, we are, we are this week, for at least for the next two weeks, going to be covering Static Shock once again. And uh, this week we have a pretty interesting season two episode. That's right, Cal. Uh, trivia note for, for the listeners. This might be like the, the second or third episode of this show we ever watched. I think uh, not too long after the, uh, of course, the, the first back man crossover episode had aired at the start of the season uh we uh we saw this one i believe on a saturday morning as well but yes it is the episode brother sister act which has a kind of a dual meaning as we'll get to in our uh, our plot synopsis here yeah i for for having seen it uh, i didn't remember much about it so uh, certainly was uh, interested and uh, there were a couple maybe small things about the uh, the plot that I recalled as we were going through but uh, I was uh, pleasantly surprised this one so I'm excited to break this one down this week with you uh, but Liam before we get to this week's episode we are of course going to get to the official IMDB synopsis brought to you by the pod tower head over to dc uh, youtube.com slash the pod tower and uh, you can certainly check out our entire library of episodes uh, including past static episodes and uh, and our entire catalog uh, also available right now our black friday special episode go back and check that we talked about some of the most insane batman the animated series figures in a uh, from Kenner in a, in a in a great fun fun hour long bonus pod. So check all that out youtube.com slash the pod tower and uh, subscribe today and get content from us and some of our friends uh, that also cover DCAU stuff. 
Liam, let's get that official IMDb synopsis. That's right. So this is for the episode Brother Sister Act, which was written by Len Yuli, uh, directed by Joe Sikta, with music by Derek Thornton and animation by Coco. And that synopsis reads as such. Bang baby siblings Boom and Mirage are terrorizing Dakota for enough money to buy their grandmother a better house. Meanwhile, <laughs> me, meanwhile, Virgil has sibling problems of his own as his sister catches on to his alter ego. Sibling Vir- problems. Virgil has sibling problems is uh, really tripped me up there. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> clunky clunky sentence structure and uh, choice of uh choice of words notwithstanding that's a, that's a decent enough uh, synopsis for what we have here although one could argue as we'll get to whether or not uh boom's true motives for uh for this rampage that he and his sister go on are truly just to uh, to get their grandmother a house yeah, that's uh, I I think that's that's mo- more than a fair a fair assumption there that uh, her motives are c- could be questioned based on what they have there. But yeah, that's uh, that's that's fair. Yeah, so I guess that'll take us into our uh, our plot uh, here, our plot section here, where we'll recap plot and give our thoughts and scores. So uh, yeah, we we open the episode with uh, with Sharon and Virgil at home. Their dad is out of town and. She's uh, trying to make him dinner, trying to do her part to be the uh, to be the the homemaker. Uh, while Virgil's gone, he's uh, he's pretty unappreciative of it, and uh, ultimately he uh, he manages to make the food or at least heat up the food using his powers when when Sharon's not looking, which uh, would would seemingly be uh, uh, you know nothing nothing particularly suspicious about that. However. He, uh, he leaves his plate sitting on the table, and when uh, when Sharon goes to grab it, sure enough, it's uh, it's it's still it's still quite hot, and she drops it, which kind of uh, <laughs> makes her a bit confused. <laughs> and uh... now, Virgil, time to eat. And this is dinner. Could you be more specific? It's meatloaf. Enjoy. On the pink side, huh? Look, while Dad's away at that counselor's conference, I'm in charge. That means you're gonna eat what I cook. Clear? All right, chill. Could I at least have some ketchup? Since you're already up. I don't need this excuse. I'm carrying 16 units at school. I volunteer at the hospital. You don't like my cooking? Well, then you can just starve. Well, gotta go. Thanks for dinner. Slow down. Where are you going? Some video arcade? No, uh, I'm gonna meet Richie to do a little homework. Excuse me, did you just say video arcade? That is so Y2K. It's what? Y2K. Last year. Out of date history. Everybody's saying it. They are not. That's just some stupid thing you made up. Ow! Wow. Hot. At that point, he uh, he claims he's going off to uh, to study with uh, with Richie, and, and and he he heads off into the sky. And then, meanwhile, we cut to the opening of a new nightclub, or where it's got a <laughs> it's got the long line, and for some reason, the bouncer is like a sultan. <laughs> he's Sinbad, right? Sinbad the sailor, or something. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, 
for some reason it's fate like it's a very funny bit we'll talk about it more in visuals perhaps but uh but yes uh boom and mirage these this brother and sister act it's clear that uh the things are they're they're not uh they're not getting along super well with boom sort of dragging mirage along to this uh this club opening and telling her to go along with it to help their grandmother who is uh who is in dire need as we find out a little bit later and uh so boom uh <laughs> runs afoul of the sultan bouncer and uh and we get a first look at his powers which is that he literally has like a, a subwoofer in his chest mm-hmm. uh, which fires off uh these giant sonic blasts and uh knocks the sultan down and then he and mirage make their way into the club where they sort of wreak havoc and uh and boom is able to, to uh take take everyone's uh take everyone's money everybody's wallets and we uh, we see that at the same time, uh, S- Static arrives on the scene, kind of too late to stop everything, and he's sort of discussing things with his uh, with with the chief of police as well as with the press. And uh, wouldn't you know it? At that point, we uh, we see Sharon and some of her friends in a diner watching the news, and uh, Static happens to use a a turn of phrase, which uh, Virgil had used just uh, just minutes earlier in our episode that. Uh, that Sharon pointed out was not a real phrase and was instead Virgil trying to make something up. So we've uh, we're starting to see a little too many coincidences pile up for uh, for Sharon to ignore them. I tell you, he is working my last nerve. Every dinner I make, he gives me grief about it. It's not like my cooking's that bad. Of course not. Not fine. Hey, it's static. Wait, talk about electric. Who do you think did this, Static? Slipstream? Replay? No, there's a new bang, baby. Besides, we got those other guys chilling in jail. They are totally Y2K. Y2K? Like, <laughs> what's that mean? He's saying their history. It's an expression. Virgil uses it all. Huh? Sharon? You all right? Yeah. Fine. Catch you later, guys. No way. Yeah, uh, that's so Y2K. Of, uh, <laughs> say, you know? Wow. Uh, if that doesn't date this episode and make it seem like a, a figment of, of decades gone by, I don't know. I don't know what else will. If if videotapes and technology and, and cellular phones that are the size of people's heads uh, that flip open aren't, uh, aren't, aren't signs that this is uh, somewhat dated, whew. Man, the term Y2K will certainly take you back. So, uh, yes, he uses this turn of phrase uh, in the club, by the way. We also got the reveal of Mirage's powers as well as she seems to make some uh, tigers appear out of nowhere and sort of, uh, you know, as they're robbing these patrons of this nightclub. Mm-hmm. Um is able to intimidate them so we get that the police got the the description of what was going on but we don't truly know they're not quite sure what exactly uh is the uh is the level of threat that's uh that's happening to them so uh we get a cut back to boom in the uh, apartment uh sitting there with mirage and mirage is sort of uh is, is sort of 
reminiscing and talking about we kind of get their backstory at this point as we learn that they used to live in the suburbs and uh, apparently something has happened to both of their parents and they've been forced to now go live with their grandmother and boom says his motivation is to uh to, to, for robbing all of these people and trying to steal the money is is truly a, a robin hood type thing where they're going to buy their grandmother a house to, a, a better house to live in and uh, Mirage sort of commiserates with him and lets him know that she she also hates the fact that they're living in the situation. Um, but you can tell that her conscience is starting to get the best of her and she's trying to have second thoughts about whether or not it's it just it's justifiable to rob all of these people in order to uh, provide their grandmother with a different living uh, space. So uh, the next morning, uh, Sharon and Vir or Sharon is uh, up early and has made Virgil breakfast and is being <laughs> extra sort of weird with him and uh, is, is trying to try and get some information about just where he was the night prior, see if he'll cough up any information and uh, Virgil actually slips up the goof, even though having this conversation with Richie the day before uh, about kind of like what was uh, what was going on. Uh, we <laughs> we uh, or what they were what their cover story, I guess, was going to be. We mm -hmm. we see that Richie sort of trips over it and says that they went to a movie. Meanwhile, uh, I think Richie had mentioned that they were going to do uh, that they were going to do their homework or something like that. So Sharon catches them in this lie and tries to tries to make Virgil sweat it out. Uh, and he kind of begins to to cover cover things up and trip over his his, uh, his words just enough to so, sort of escape to, to leave Sharon sort of stroking her chin and even more suspect based on that. And Breakfast, Virgil? Uh, sure. Here's syrup, blueberry jam. I can make bacon if you want. Um, this is good, thanks. You're welcome. Oh, do those need a little warm-up? No, they're perfect, really. So, how was your evening? Do anything interesting? Who me? You know, when you went out to... Where'd you go again? Oh, uh, movie. Ah, was that after you and Richie did your homework? Hmm. Homework? No, see, no, after that, we went and saw... You feel all right? Me? Oh, sure. And you? Fine. Well, I'm gonna go now. Oh, off on an important errand, are you? Uh... No, I'm just going up to my room, okay? Okay, little brother. Bye. No mental problems there. Uh, as he goes to his room, he turns on the radio and uh, listens, <laughs> listens to uh, the local DJ who is mm -hmm. uh, just about to give away $100,000 cash. And as Virgil wonders aloud, just who would fall for such a ridiculous idea? Uh, he gets a phone call uh, from from Richie on the uh, <laughs> what's the name of the, the static box? It's not the static box. The shock box. Shock box. That's right. The shock box uh, from Richie, who is explaining to Virgil that he's about to call in and win this $100,000 and wouldn't you know it a loud boom happens in the middle of it you begin to hear uh, boom introduce himself as he's threatening the the radio station uh, into giving him the hundred thousand dollar giveaway so 
at this static rushes to leave his house and uh sharon is uh quickly on his tail there and uh, attempts to catch virgil as he leaves and is certainly even more suspicious as she opens the the door and and virgil is nowhere to be found that's right and if uh, if that wasn't suspicious enough she uh she also happens to hear uh on that shock box which uh static had left behind a uh a certain voice, Richie's voice calling out for static, which uh, makes her even, uh, you know, even more. She's basically made up her mind at this point that 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 Virgil is is static and uh, and and Richie did not exactly uh, do his part by just by just shouting static over and over again. <laughs> but here we move on to the uh, the next scene where we have the, the police have kind of cornered boom in the studio and uh, Mirage is kind of hiding off to the side. And that's the uh, the cops we get. I think this is this maybe the second appearance of one of our favorite DCAU tropes, which is the inept SWAT team. <laughs> uh, we've, we've talked about that quite a few times in Batman the Animated Series. We've talked about it in Superman. And, uh, and I believe that this SWAT team might have made its first appearance by like shooting missiles at the Bang Baby gas in, uh-huh. the, uh, in the series debut. But they're back here. Uh-huh. And, Just as inept uh, as ever. Yep, pretty co- just woefully unprepared to deal with the any of these bang babies, and uh, they're uh, they're quickly overmatched. Between uh, first Mirage is uh, sort of creating these illusions; she creates a, a stampede of elephants mm-hmm. heading after them, which they're uh, they're running away from. Static kind of uh, makes it makes his way in and tries to stop them before realizing, of course, that they're they are in fact as as the name would suggest they are mirages they are holograms so they're not real at which point she sort of uh, mirage sort of dissipates the illusion and and boom decides he's going to take matters into his own hand and unleash not only on the cops but static and uh, things are looking pretty dire boom is able to get away but uh, only after sort of setting off a, a pretty big uh, explosion with his with his powers and sending some debris Heading straight for his sister, in fact, but uh, Static is able to save her at the last minute and uh, and take her to a a hospital. Um, and it's, it's it's clear there that uh, she, you know she isn't she isn't quite really. Uh, or, or it's it's clear Static tries to reason with her, tries to understand why she'd be helping him, and uh, and she says that she's frightened and she can't she doesn't feel like she can leave her brother and and Static is is kind of put there and. Uh, it, in between a rock and a hard place as he you know she is she is technically aiding a criminal but he knows that at, at her heart she's just kind of a scared kid that's going along with something that she doesn't really believe in and as uh and as as we go we uh we we uh we cut then to uh, to sharon and uh and virgil again and uh, as virgil is kind of uh, just sitting around, uh, Sharon decides that uh, they're, they need to spend more time together as brother and sister, and uh, and invites her to a uh, to a to invites Virgil to a basketball game. Not just any basketball game, Liam. It's the Dakota Destroyers. That's good. That's I'm, I'm trying to remember how many I know in like the comics and stuff we get like Gotham. The Gotham's are like the Knights or something, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't know how many other like like uh fictional dcau cities get uh get team names uh name checked so always a big fan of that 
Yeah, that's uh, that it was a. Uh, I was glad that they went that far. Unfortunately, the only appearance, according to the DCAU <laughs> wiki, of the Dakota Destroyers in this week's episode. But so revel in it while you can. But yes, yeah, she uh, she takes him to the uh, local arena where the Destroyers game uh, is uh, is about to uh, to 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 tip off, and uh, we. We get the reveal that uh, Sharon's ready to break the news to to Virgil that she she knows that he's static and uh, she is uh, she's she's uh, determined to get him to basically admit it. He does not admit it and excuse excuses himself away. Uh, before this, by the way, there was a brief interaction that we got between Boom and Mirage, where Mirage sort of continued to share her concern for who Boom is becoming, and um, even shared a little bit about what Static had shared with her about Bang Babies uh, sort of having, uh, you know, their minds affected by the the Big Bang, and how a lot of them, unfortunately, have been negatively affected, and that it really wasn't his fault, that he just needed to get help, and he clearly wasn't having any of that so um after after sharon has taken virgil to the game and is confesses that uh she she knows that he's that he's static and she puts the pieces together including him flying in and around their neighborhood the the discovery of the shock box virgil attempts to explain those away very poorly and then uh as if to make it even more suspicious uh realizes that he has to go to the bathroom of course you gotta gotta escape to the <laughs> restroom there you know sharon can't follow you there so uh, he and Richie sort of come up with a plan while they're in the men's room to uh, to set off the sprinklers. Hey, V, I didn't know you were going to be here. What you doing? Uh, going to the bathroom. And so are you. Virgil. Man only. Bye. I just saw Boom and Mirage in the crowd. Oh, no. And Sharon has figured out that I'm static. Uh, I might be partially responsible for that. You think? Well, what do we do, bro? There's got to be some way to cool her down. The sprinklers. Yeah, give it enough juice to set off the whole section. Just what I was thinking. Huh? Hey! Oh, my clothes! Bet those pants are dry clean, too. Uh-oh. Sounds like Mirage and her bro are making their move. What about Sharon? She's going to have to wait until I can pull the plug on Mr. Boombox. They set off the sprinklers, which uh, begins to raren, uh, ruin Sharon's clothes. Easy for me to say. <laughs> and uh, she she makes an escape. And just as this happens, uh, Boom and Mirage also uh, show up <laughs> to the uh, to the game and uh, where they've also seen him. So um, they head to the uh, I guess the the management room or like a, an office room in the arena uh, and uh, Boom is there collecting uh, what he's what he's attempting to rob from the arena, and uh, Mirage again continues to to sort of you know uh, share her her feelings of of uh, of dissatisfaction with the way that that uh, Boom continues to act and uh, and is upset that he's continuing to allow people to get hurt, and uh, he yells at her to. To, to pipe down he blasts static sorry into the arena and uh static and him sort of have this one final showdown in the middle of the arena which is as we'll talk about in visuals is a fun setting but mm -hmm. uh, he and static go at it pretty pretty heavily 
there's a lot of a lot of different items in the arena that are being used from different seats and parts of the basketball court and glass and uh, all of this happens and uh, it, at the last second when it looks like static uh, appears that he may be overmatched mirage actually turns on boom and uh, and begins creating uh, these these giant pillars of of light around him that sort of blind him, and that gives Static the time to uh, to grab these giant glass panes and make this sort of spherical shape, uh, and uh, and surround him with it with the sort of metal cage on the outside of it so he's encaged in this giant what looks like a basketball essentially <laughs> and uh and as boom attempts to uh to use his sonic powers to break out it sort of just ricochets off of the glass knocking him down and out uh so at, at this point it, boom and mirage are, are going to be hauled off to jail and uh there's just one last thing that has to be wrapped up of course and that is that Sharon, even more so now, is convinced that uh, that Virgil is static as he's the last one to walk out of the arena and does no uh, no favors to himself by still being quite cagey about where he was during <laughs> this whole process and making terrible excuses. That's right. And that's where we kind of get our, our finale of the episode is as you know, Sharon continues to lecture him and tell him that, come on, we're, we're, you know, we this is this is clear that you're static and if, and if you won't admit it then we'll then i'll just uh, she pulls the ultimate uh you know sister card right it's i'm gonna go tell dad mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. uh so virgil uh looking like he's like uh, sharon has him dead to rights but then wouldn't you know it as we see the uh, the police cars going by escorting boom and mirage away we seemingly see static following along flying above the cars and uh as uh, as Sharon sort of has to eat crow and is so embarrassed and kind of walks away, uh, Richie Richie inquires as to how and and Static just uh, or Virgil just mentions that he asked for a favor from his new friend Mirage and we the kind of the final shot there is of Mirage sort of creating this uh, this image of Static floating over the thing so all's well that ends well secret identity saved and uh, and we're uh, and justice has been served so uh, a, a nice little bow put on things here to wrap up our episode yeah uh, i guess we can get into talking about our scores and how much we did or did not enjoy this week's episode um i will say liam i was i was pleasantly surprised i had a lot of fun with this episode i thought it was uh written really well paced really well i thought that the whole whole idea of Sharon finding out uh, that Virgil is indeed uh, static is of course a, a, a very famous superhero trope, right? You know, you have mm-hmm. your, someone in your family or your significant other, or somebody is, is convinced that they have discovered your secret and the whole tension built around the episode as well. How, how in the world is he going to, to explain this away? And it's, you know, it, it's I think it's amplified even more so by the fact that Virgil is so bad at trying to <laughs> explain these things away um, and almost like he almost gives up, gives it up like 
had several different times there with having such poor excuses for it and sort of only through happenstance is able to explain it away with this with Mirage helping him out. Um, I was actually pleasantly surprised because I thought that they were going to give Static some weird power where he was able to create an <laughs> electrical version, like an electric version of himself, and that that would fool her and we would get like, oh yeah, I had my hand behind my back and was creating this you know, this electric static version of static that Sharon believes. So the fact that he he was able to convince Mirage to help him out um, and it showed, you know, her her willingness to sort of, you know, she was a victim very much in this in this whole episode. She was looking up to her older brother to help her out, was kind of going along with it and mm-hmm. was in this vulnerable place because of what had happened to her parents. And, uh, you know, Boom was really her her main her main family outside of the the grandmother who we never really see in the episode. Um, but I, I like that he was able to convince and it shows how, how she was actually, you know, good, good at heart. And, um, you know, hopefully after the, after her appearance, you know, turned, turned, uh, realized her, her ways of, of assisting in crime was not a way to, to have a, a, a good life. So, uh, I thought that was really fun. I think the, the tension of finding out statics, uh, statics, uh, secret identity mixed with this whole back and forth with the the two villains uh mm-hmm. you know and and their tension between them i thought that was great um i really enjoyed the episode i went with a a pretty solid eight out of ten for plot what about you nice yeah i just went one point lower at seven out of ten but uh i yeah i think this was fun i think the interplay and we'll talk about this a little bit more in voice acting between boom and mirage is really interesting in this episode um because they they sort of it's not they don't spend a lot of time with them it is like the b story of the episode but uh you know she she makes it clear that they had a pretty you know they were pretty well adjusted (laughs) she because the you know boom sort of has this sort of you know he's trying kind of a fake it till you make it type of a bad guy, I guess. Like he's, mm-hmm. he's trying to act hard as the, as the phrase might, might be. And, and she's, she's like, we grew up in the suburbs. What are you doing? Like, right. <laughs> like she has like, there's like the, yeah, the way that that's that B plot and her sort of slowly realizing that no, we aren't just doing this because we're trying to help our grandmother. We're not just doing this for, you know, for good reasons, we're doing this because he likes the power and the and and the you know supposed respect maybe that he would get by by terrorizing people and and taking this money and everything. So I think the the way that story lays out, and then yeah, it's it's a pretty light comical sub or you know other other plot with with uh, with Virgil and and Sharon, and it is it is kind of humorous in that last scene because she's just like. Before before you know the uh, the mirage, if you will, solves solves this problem. She's just like yelling Virgil's name at the top of her lungs in this arena full of people while he's <laughs> while he's flying around at static. And it's like, yeah, okay. It turns out that they have a you know an alibi for Sharon, but like the, for the rest of the world, that could have been uh, or the rest of the people there that could have been uh, could have been dangerous as far as Virgil's uh, uh, secret identity and hi- and him trying to kind of get them out of there and even like Richie trying to, to run interference and being terrible at it is pretty funny, I think. So yeah, I think there's a good balance here of like some interesting kind of character beats with our villains and then kind of some more lighthearted, fun, you know, again, like you said, it's a pretty classic superhero uh, hijink to get into of the uh, the trying to 
trick someone who knows your secret into thinking they're wrong. So yeah, I think this, this all comes together pretty well. I thought. Yeah, I would agree. It's a fun one. I think um, sometimes I think we, we grade on a curve when it comes to static, because we've talked about countless times, you know, it's a different audience that this was written for different animation style. Wasn't originally meant to be in the DCAU. All of that stuff sort of works against it and sometimes can make it feel sort of, um, you know, alien when you put it up against some of the other series that we that we uh, that we review. But when you have a really good, well-written plot like this and uh, some certainly some interesting things that call back to sort of your classic superhero tropes, it's it it's nice. And I think it's it's you're it's worth talking about when it when it uh, when it ends up being something uh sort of surprising like yeah it's it's a good episode it's just good i don't know how how uh, how else to say it all right liam let's move on to our next category which is going to be visuals and animation so uh what stood out for you this is certainly a very interesting visual episode based on our our villains powers at least um but there are a couple of things that uh, we don't normally see as far as these early episodes of static that i that i also pointed out but uh, i'll let you go first what uh, what stood out for you yeah i think there's some uh, there's some fun settings like the opening bit even though it's not an action heavy scene where uh, boom and mirage are attacking the nightclub and and static's kind of out on patrol it's uh, it's sort of set at night and it's rainy so that's like a i think a pretty unique location static has like his hood up and his his goggles on yeah that was one of the things that i saw is like you don't usually see hood up uh, on static but it was mm-hmm. Uh, you know that you would see it more often with the comic book version the original the original uh, milestone version of mm-hmm. static tended to have the the hood up more often so i i thought that that was a pretty neat intentional or not homage to the origins of that character absolutely yeah i think that's that's kind of a neat neat uh, opening sequence there and establishing the villain i'm always kind of fascinated by how how hard it must be to visualize sound like in every in almost every show we covered some there's like a sonic weapon or somebody with sonic powers that you have to figure out a way to visualize that and uh, i like the way that uh, that boom's powers are uh, you know for his design like you know he's just kind of this big fridge of a man <laughs> and uh, and he has like we said he has the literal like speaker in his chest that that fires it out and you kind of get these big circular waves and they kind of do some cool tricks kind of shaking the camera to add a little bit more uh, sound the earth. the the way sound is visualized in this episode i think is pretty fun and then and then you have mirage who again even kind of the effects that go around it it almost feels more mystical with her um like it's kind of like a lot of like pinks and oranges that come out before the whatever it is she's making sort of shows up and then there's like a lot of like sparkles and everything around here so i think the the way that the uh, our villains' powers were were visualized, I think, kind of stood out to me as uh, as as pretty cool and and pretty unique. Yeah, I agree. That was the kind of the first thing that I saw, especially again grading on a curve with this with how the animation was earlier in this in, in these earlier seasons. Um, the way that that boom the first kind of reveal that we get where he rips open his shirt and you see the subwoofer and he's sort of just launching these sonic booms around this nightclub and you get the different multicolors that are happening at the same time in that uh in that that nightclub with the the dj and the the multicolored lights and the the various things happening i i thought that 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 
little bit there of him ripping the shirt open and then the visualization of those powers I thought were great. Uh, same thing when once Mirage sort of makes the tigers begin to appear, they sort of just mat, they start off with almost like pods on the ground and then they sort of manifest and grow out of the ground. I thought that was a, that was an interesting look. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the, the fight scenes are, are done pretty well. I think it's very fun. We get uh, the sort of mid, mid, maybe second act fight scene between static out and, uh, and boom outside the radio station. Uh, you know, there's falling pieces of the building and static mm-hmm. sort of flying in and out and attempting to avoid uh, boom. Uh, and then of course the, the culmination, the, the end fight. I love the idea of a fight occurring inside of a, of a, a sports arena. Like, I think that's an awesome yes. venue, um, you know, for, for a venue, for a, for a fight scene. We saw, uh, we saw it in, in, uh, I think most recently in the Batman, there's a, there's a pretty mm-hmm. memorable scene that occurs inside of a sports arena. And, uh, you know, we've seen it, I'm sure other, there are other times that we could, we could think of none that come to mind, but, um, it's just, it's just fun. There's lots of stuff that you can use and add in there. And the fact that static again, visually wraps him up in this basketball shape at the end. I thought that was pretty neat. Uh, you know, obviously with this occurring at the, uh, the Dakota basketball game there. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I think, uh, I think all, all in all, there's some, some pretty good sequences here. Um, the visualization again, I think, uh, uh, the, the fun had with the villains was great. And, uh, and even some of the things, uh, the, the scene where, where Sharon is, her car's not starting and static sort of flies by and drops the static electricity onto the car, which by yes. the way, was that on purpose? Do you think, or was it just <laughs> a happy accident? Cause they didn't make it just clear. constantly raining lightning down on right. the people of Dakota. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Causing power surges in areas where, or, or just starting up random cars. Hard to say blowing, blowing transformers all over the place. Right. Every time he crosses over a power line. Absolutely. Yeah. But I thought that was, a, that was pretty neat too. You see the visualization of those sparks falling off of him and then landing on the car. And um, yeah, I, I will say the, that Sharon uh, visually doesn't appear to be a good cook because if that first thing that that Virgil was eating was meatloaf, it was more <laughs> like just ground a pile of raw ground beef. But uh, you know, who am I to judge? Uh, I'm not a cook. I'm not a cook either or a chef either. So uh, overall, I think there's uh, there's some uh, lots of fun things. Again, probably grading a little bit on a curve here, uh, but I ended up giving visuals and animation a seven out of ten. What about you? Yeah, I actually went one point higher. I went eight out of 10. Um, yeah, I, I think that uh, that sequence in kind of the middle of the episode where he's at the radio station, I, I think is that sequence is animated so fluidly. Mm. Um, just everything from, you know, from Mirage making the elephants at first and then static flying down. And then they, we get this kind of really cool 360 shot where we're kind of looking up at Boom and then the camera sort of sweeps around him and and then you see, and, and then you see him looking down before he kind of unleashes his uh, sonic power, and then it cuts back to a shot as he's sort of raining the the the, uh, the sonic power down on him, and you get the shot of Virgil holding his ears and kind of sweeping through the air, and then you know Mirage makes her big bright light to try to distract everyone, and we see you know this police helicopter come flying in and. It, it immediately kind of starts swinging out of control and it's, it's, it's just the, how fluid the animation in that sequence, especially. And again, I think in that final act in the, in the arena as well as, you know, Virgil's 
pulling out like arena chairs to throw at them and things like that and kind of the different ways you you destroy a building like that once you create it i think is fun so but yeah i think the uh yeah coco on uh, on animation for this one and just just i just thought the fluidity of everything and with the helicopter with the way everything was moving in the air and everything was just really really top notch especially even grading on this on this static curve if you look at it the other way i think this was a uh, this was a cut above these uh, these for these early static episodes for sure. There you go. All right, Liam, move on to our next category, which I will spoil spoiler alert. Easy for me to say, uh, will not be grading on a curve for this one, and that is our music for this week. So, longtime listeners will know when it comes to the way that they decided to do music for Static. Um, <laughs> I I'm not a fan. Any of, any of the times the songs have lyrics to them, I find it extremely distracting and uh, I find it difficult uh, to, to enjoy or appreciate the, the actual music. Not every song uh, for this, this week's episode has lyrics, but the majority do. I also, I watched this on the, the wonderful HBO Max app mm -hmm. and uh I there I felt like at least for the first act or so there was some real bad mixing going on. The music was really loud and the, <laughs> the like the dialogue was really quiet and I don't know if that is an HBO Max thing. I don't know if that is how this episode was originally mixed. I I don't know. I don't know. I I, I really don't don't know, but that it certainly did not help my enjoyment of the music or lack thereof <laughs> because the music was so loud and the 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 dialogue was just nearly drowned out by it in those first couple scenes um and it didn't seem like i, I know the the second scene takes place at the nightclub it didn't seem like they were trying to make it seem like it was loud because it was in a nightclub it just it sounded like a bad mix. I don't know if, if you caught that or if, you, if it was just my version or more HBO Max uh, acting up, but I, I it led to me not really caring much for it. Um, again, not surprising. I'm not usually a fan of the soundtrack for the, the show. Uh, I ended up with a four out of 10 for music because of the bad mix. So uh, what about you? <laughs> Fair enough. I didn't. I didn't notice that as much. I don't. Uh, we we've talked about this a lot. I don't. I don't have as much of a problem with the uh, the lyrics and the music, but there are. Uh, yeah, I mean, in this case, I didn't. I didn't have a lot of notes other than you know the the static theme coming in in the in the the uh, the final uh, couple minutes of that that last action sequence. I did notice that any kind of any kind of time Mirage was using her powers. You have a lot of the static action sequences just have like kind of a drum machine kind of really simple soundtrack to them. They don't have a lot of music, but every time she would use her uh, her powers, there would be just kind of almost like a single note played on what sounded like a, a keyboard or synthesizer that would just sort of, uh, you know, it's almost, you're almost using music as the sound effect for her powers, which mm -hmm. I thought was kind of a, a neat touch there. And um, so was, I didn't I didn't have a lot for music there. I, I ended up settling on a five out of 10, but uh, but yeah, I think, uh, like I said, it wasn't it wasn't uh, anything to write home about, even for me, who does kind of like the uh, the lyrical music uh, on static. So, uh, yeah, I'm uh, e even I don't have a lot of positive things to say, but uh, but yeah, I think that I think maybe the highlight for me was the uh, the uh, the way they kind of used a they made a musical sound effect for uh, for Mirage's powers. There you go. 
All right, Liam, let's uh, let's bring things home this week with a discussion of our voice acting from this week. We don't have a, uh, a huge cast, but uh, we do have uh, a lot of our returning favorites. Let's talk about this week's uh, voice acting. Well, that's right. So as uh, as mentioned, we do have Dennis Haysbert returning as Chief Barnsdale, uh, who's uh, has has quite a few sort of minor roles across the uh, the DCAU. Um, probably most famously as as uh, Kilowog in Justice League, but uh, does does a few other minor roles in Superman as well as, uh, of course, playing the chief here on Static. But, but yeah, it's he's fun. He's I he's one of those characters that I feel like exists more in these early seasons of Static. Where you're like, yeah, it kind of would have been fun if they did more with this guy just because he had such a good actor. Yeah, he's like a great old police chief voice. Like he's, you know, he's got that stern, stern but fair uh, quality to his voice. But it's always fun to hear him. Agreed. Yeah, it's uh, it's nice to hear Mr. Haysbert, and uh, you know, I, it just makes you feel feel warm and calm, and and uh, like uh, like I am in good hands. So yeah. <laughs> we're not gonna name we're not gonna name that company because we're not getting paid to. But Correct, uh, absolutely. But he, I, I I would agree. But yeah, it's funny we have Kevin Michael Richardson who usually plays Virgil's dad. But he doesn't play Virgil's dad in here. He just plays the salt. He just plays Sinbad the bouncer uh, in this episode for some reasons. I don't know if he was he was in recording for another episode, and they just uh, they were like, "Hey, can you play a a bouncer for us real quick uh, for yeah. this one?" But kind of funny to see him. And speaking of other uh, minor roles from names we know, we have a uh, do briefly have uh, Maria Canales Barrera playing uh, the reporter, Shelley Sandoval, and. I believe one of Sharon's friends in the diner as well. So always fun to hear her. And then, uh, you know, we have our, our our two villains of the piece. It's interesting. So we have uh, Ricky Deshaun Collins, who uh, actually did quite a few different voices across uh, different uh, static episodes, and uh, as well as playing uh, the uh, the little kid in uh, in Blackest Night, mm. uh, the Justice League episode. But probably most famously. If you're uh, if you're a kid of a certain age or a, or now adult of a certain age like I am, uh, you might remember him as Tucker on Danny Phantom, okay. uh, playing uh, playing uh, uh, Danny's best friend on that show. Done done some other voice acting as well, but it's funny because he as as Boom, I don't think you know on on other shows where I've heard him voice act like he's very over the top and and cartoony, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's that's not an insult. And here he's kind of playing, you know this this mean this mean mugging dude mm-hmm. <laughs> for the whole episode but i almost think it kind of works because it is kind of at first i was kind of listening to it and going this is a little flat this is a little like uninspired but i feel like when it clicked for me was when he and uh gavin turek who played mirage are talking and she starts explaining that he's not like you know he's not a gangbanger he's not like a thug mm-hmm. he's a suburban kid who you know just has fallen on some hard times and he's trying to act this way <laughs> i was like i think it actually works but like by the end of the by the end of the episode i'm like no i actually really like him especially playing off of uh of uh, of his sister uh mirage in the episode like i think i think it kind of works as like once you find out that he's this like kind of you know middle class that's cosplaying as a as a tough guy i feel like it kind of works for me a little bit better yeah that's right next i see static i'm gonna give him a world to hurt listen to you you're not some gangster from the hood we're from southfield byron i know it's not your fault it's that bang baby thing it made you sick you need help okay 
baby sister. This next thing is the last one. In and out. Then we'll be done. You promise no trouble? It'll be no trouble at all. Yeah, I think it's a solid performance. Um, I, I think that it, their their dialogue back and forth again, uh, I, I concur with you. I think the, the, the best acting happens between the two of them. And that's where you kind of get to see that uh, that sort of that dynamic between the two of them. And um, yeah, I think it's a solid it's a solid performance from from both of the, both of those actors or the actor and the actress. And uh, I, I think they they turned in a performance that added to the the dynamic of what you're looking there, the tension between, you know, a, a brother and a sister and the sister who's just really not on board with what's going on. And the brother that's sort of manipulating her and, and using this uh, pulling at her, at her heartstrings a little bit. And, you know, we got to take care of grandma. We got to take care of grandma, but really it's about trying to, establish himself as like a a, a mean streets kid when he's really really not yes. being a, a poser <laughs> um mm -hmm. so yeah that's certainly an interesting an interesting uh, dynamic to it and um ends up being a uh, certainly an interesting an interesting part of their makes their characters more interesting so i think uh, i think both of them put in great performances and uh and end up giving a a, a solid supporting part of the cast there yeah, and I will just mess mention uh, Miss Miss Turek, who's playing Mirage. Not really a an actor. I mean, she has a few acting credits to her name, but she was primarily a singer. Um, so I thought that was kind of an interesting thing that I because I think she is she is very very good in this episode, especially as as we said when when she's in, interacting with Mister Collins as uh, as Boom. But uh, for for a, a very inexperienced uh, voice actor at this point in her that was a pretty pretty impressive job by her and then uh, moving on to our, our main cast we do as briefly mentioned have uh, Jason Marsden as Richie who again is just doing the worst job imaginable <laughs> of, uh, of running interference and uh, for for Virgil in this episode you get you get the uh, you get mostly what his role is in 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 this pre-gear uh, Richie era is uh, is just to Kind of be a, a goofball and and add some some comedy and he does he does a, a good job with that i think uh, especially in his interactions with uh, with sharon in this episode especially um michelle morgan this is definitely the most sharon we've gotten in an episode to this point i think at least the one that we've covered i agree yeah and usually it's interesting because she's usually relegated to to quipping or or just bickering mm -hmm. with with virgil and we don't really get a lot or i haven't at least gotten a sense of her her range or you know what her actually act, her actual acting chops are um other than maybe the episode with rubber band man uh that oh yes covered yes. where where he was uh where he you know he, he was dating her uh we got a little bit from that and i, I think that that was a, a decent performance from my recollection but this one's this one's fun because there's a lot of of her chiding virgil and her sort of uh, you know, almost an almost got him type of, of, of attitude that she's got with him. Um, you know, I've caught him, I figured it out, we've got it, you know, and then to see her kind of have egg on her face at the end and sort of stumbling for words to figure out just how, uh, how static and, and Virgil could be in the same place at the same time in our final scene there is very interesting. So, um, it's not quite, uh, it's not quite the, the reveal of Hugo Strange finding out that Bruce Wayne and Batman are in the same <laughs> spot, 
but uh, it's a similar sort of, of, of bewilderment. So, yeah, I think it's a, it's a solid performance from her as well. Absolutely. And of course, we have uh, the legend, Phil Lamar, coming in as, as Static and Virgil. As and well as radio DJ, right? I was going to say, as, as well as Dr. Mac. The, uh, <laughs> yeah, the radio DJ. Yeah, but uh, sadly, Dr. Mac's only appearance as well in DCAU. Oh, but, uh, I'd like to think that you know that he's he's still he's still out there somewhere Uh, (laughs) but uh yeah but yeah i think i think that's again we talked about it that the the heavier side or the maybe the more interesting like character stuff comes from our villains but so the 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 a plot if you will with with virgil and and sharon and richie you know uh arguing over whether or not virgil is static or not it is very light and silly and funny and, uh, you know, unsurprisingly, Phil Lamar, a lot of range for for this type of character. And it, like I said, I think I think the, the fun, as you said, when we were talking about Miss Morgan and Sharon is like is just seeing those characters interact beyond just like calling each other stinky or ugly, <laughs> which right. is most of their interactions across the episodes we've reviewed, at least to this point. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so seeing them get to interact a little bit more and, and again, him, him interacting with Jason Marsden as Richie and, you know, Richie being like, oh yeah, I don't think I helped too much with, uh, with this, with this whole situation and, and, and Virgil kind of letting him have it. And, and then Virgil trying to, to make things make sense from, uh, from what she knows. I think, I think that's fun. Like it's, like I said, it's very light and comedic, but I think, uh, all three of our leads here do a, do a pretty darn good job. Yeah, I agree. It's a solid performance uh, from from everybody across the board. And that's why I ended up giving voice acting a uh, pretty strong seven out of 10. What about you? Yeah, I went with the exact same score of uh, seven out of 10. So, yeah, I think everybody everybody's pretty solid and uh, some uh, some impressive work from our our guest stars, and our villains this week. There you go. All right, Liam, well, that will bring us to our final scores for this week. And totaling everything up, I end up with a 26 out of 40. What about you? And I am just one point higher at uh, 27 out of 40. There we go. Um, So interesting discussion here as far as rewatchability. It's a fun episode. Mm -hmm. certainly memorable in that we get this this plot about sharon finding out or trying to discover who 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 static is um but there's not a lot i think boom does show up i think uh, i saw in the 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 series finale uh Mm -hmm. so we do get him him returning at least but mirage i believe does not return and we don't really get uh any follow-up from this episode otherwise you don't really i don't think we really get more of like sharon continuing to suspect that static is virgil so we you know if that plot point doesn't really get played on later on then doesn't really feel like it's a mandatory watch but it's fun so maybe this gets the the one thumb up i guess yeah, I think that's fair. Um, this, yeah, it's it's a fun episode, and like we said, it's it focuses on some characters and, and Sharon that don't get focused on a lot. So there's definitely some fun to be had there, but hard to feel like it's a a must watch as far as big moments for the series or or for the DCAU as a whole. There you go. All right, Liam. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in for this week. Uh, we appreciate your support. Don't forget. 
Uh, you can support the podcast a myriad of ways uh, just by listening to the podcast. We thank you. That's a, mm-hmm. that's a way to support the podcast. If you, if you want to support us a couple of other ways, you can always subscribe to us, of course, on your favorite podcast app. Spotify is our, our hosting site. So we thank them uh, anchor by, by way of Spotify. Uh, so you can check that out. Subscribe to us on there. Speaking of anchor, there's actually a link directly on our anchor page. You can ho- head over to anchor.fm slash DC. CAU review. There's a link there if you want to donate to the podcast directly. Uh, you can also, if you want to, support us by uh, leaving us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. That helps us out a lot. A, uh, a five-star review gets us in that uh, algorithm and helps us out a lot. So we appreciate that. Uh, some free ways, uh, for more free ways to support the podcast. Like us on social media at DCAU Review on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we also recently followed the leader and uh, we joined Hive, I believe. We're not really active on there uh yet so mm-hmm. we're kind of feeling things out and seeing seeing where things go but hey we grabbed the uh we grabbed the handle so follow us mm-hmm. at vca review if you're there and then uh of course you can head over to youtube.com slash the pod towers we mentioned earlier in the episode and subscribe to us like the videos that we post there for the episodes that helps us out a lot as well we mentioned at the top of the show we dropped our black friday episode that bonus episode is so fun uh had such a blast talking nostalgic old batman the animated series figures so we'd love for you to check that out if you have not Liam, we are continuing again next week as we stead here with another static episode and we are staying in season two. That's right. And uh, this could be a fun one for uh, a myriad of reasons. Not only does it feature the return of Rubber Band Man, kind of one of the best uh, side characters in static, but it also features the the debut of one Coolio, uh, may he rest in peace, uh, voicing the character Replicon in the episode Duped. So uh, looking forward to tracking, tracking that down, that episode down. I'm sort of, this is one of those ones I vaguely remember that there's an episode where Coolio is in it, <laughs> but it's not one that I have watched in a time. So I'm kind of excited uh, to, uh, to see what exactly, how, how exactly this one's going to shake out and, uh, and, every, and everything. So uh, looking forward to that. And uh, yeah, just as you said, everybody, uh, uh, speaking of, we're getting towards the end of the year. People are mentioning us or sending us messages about us being in the, like their Spotify Wrapped uh, yeah. most listened to things. Very, very kind and very, uh, very encouraging to us. So, appreciate people that pass along messages about that this week and everything. So, yeah, we're uh, having a lot of fun. We always appreciate everybody uh, chiming in and sharing their feedback with us. Absolutely. One final plug: you can head over to dcaureview.com and click on the store tab. For the rest of this week, during the original release date at least, you can pick up uh, 15% off any order on our website. So if you want to support the podcast and get yourself a, uh, a shirt or a piece of merchandise, a mug or a hat, stickers even, they're all up there. So you can check that out, support the podcast that way, and uh, you know that we would greatly appreciate that. But thank you to everybody who supports the pod. Excited to check out and honor the late great Julio next week on the pod. But until then, I'm Cal. And I'm Liam. And we'll talk to you on the next episode of the BCAU Rubio. Bye-bye.